Welcome to School Biz Chat with Kim Cranston, OASBO Executive Director. Each episode of this podcast is dedicated to discussing events and issues that affect the people who are in the business of supporting students. Now, let's take a few minutes to see what's going on in the school business world. Hello, friends, and welcome. I'm glad you're with us today. I am so happy to be joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Patty Corum. Patty currently serves as the executive director of the Missouri Association of School Personnel Administrators, MOASPA. She also does so many other things. I'm going to let her tell a little bit about her career. And then we're going to talk about job interviews. And I know for many of you, you're thinking, yeah, I'm not looking for another job. I'm looking to get out of this job there may be an opportunity for you to interview for another position or you may know someone who's going to be interviewing and you could share some of these tips and tidbits so before we get into all of that first of all thank you thank you thank you patty and would you just tell our folks a little bit about your background and why this is such an important topic for you too Thanks, Kim. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. It's always good to chat with you. And yes, interviewing and all things around interviewing and and HR are my passion. I spent the last 14 years of my K-12 education as assistant superintendent and then deputy superintendent in HR. So I spent a lot of time interviewing people for all positions from classified support staff, leaders, assistant superintendents, principals, teachers. So I've spent a lot of time doing this. I retired from K-12 education and became an educational consultant, which is what I'm doing now. I spend a lot of time with school districts across the state of Missouri training leaders. And as you said, I'm also the executive director of MOASPA. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, we're so glad to have you. Just so everybody knows, Penny does have a few things going on but she is eminently qualified to talk about this topic, preparing, acing, doing a good job with an interview. So Patty, let's just start with that first one. Give our folks some solid tips for how to prepare for an interview. All right, well, I love this question because I always start with this. Good leaders always ask why right? We always know our purpose. We know our mission. We have a vision in mind. We know what that looks like. And I believe that we as leaders should, and really all professionals, should be constantly practicing for the next interview. And it doesn't mean that you're thinking about interviewing tomorrow or next year, or even in five years, but we should always be reflecting on why we do what we do. Why are we in education? Why are we in educational leadership? What is my purpose? What is my vision? And I I work with graduate students and leaders in the state about thinking about how your vision and your mission aligns with your own beliefs and your own values and your own strengths and capacity. So we often do a little exercise about, you know, listing your beliefs and, and then listing the activities that you do in your job. And, and then thinking about your strengths. And are those things aligned to the work that you're doing? I always think it's like practicing, maybe like an elevator speech or, or just always practicing about why am I doing this? Why am I here? Why did I pick leadership? And how does it align with my higher calling? And if that is aligned, then you are more likely to be successful 
in the position that you're in, you're more likely to be able to overlook some of the day-to-day -day frustrations and keep your eye on the ball, sort of, you know, what what is what am I doing and why am I doing it and, and how does this align? So I think we should constantly be thinking about that, whether you're whether you're planning for an interview uh, in the near future or not. I just want folks to pause for a minute and process what she just said, because it is incredibly powerful. You notice when I asked her about preparing for an interview, she did not start with, make sure your resume is on clean white paper, blah, 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 make sure you know, you can list your skills. She talked about purpose and mission and calling. And when we're talking about jobs in K-12 education, my word, that is where we all need to start. So Patty, thank you for that reminder. And for those of you who are listening, you may need to just sit for a minute and say, well, I was not expecting that. And then start asking yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? I love that, Patty. So keep talking. <laughs> okay, well, I guess beyond that, of course, you want to identify the best that you have. Think about your knowledge and your experience and what is the best that you've got. I often um, tell my graduate students, but I think it's good even for experienced folks to think about a star. And a star has five points. And what are your five areas of expertise or talents or skills that you want to make sure the interview team knows about you before you leave? And how would you describe that? Nobody's an expert in every sense of the word, right? Nobody brings everything to the to the team. Nobody contributes everything. And that's why we have teams, right? So they are looking for talents and skills that will be able to mesh with what they need, um, strengths maybe that they don't have. So be fair to yourself and to them and identify what those are and be able to clearly articulate those. I love that. And I love the imagery of the star and the five points. I think that's really solid. So, Patty, oftentimes people talk to me and they'll say, I interviewed for a job. I didn't get it. I interviewed for another job. I didn't get it. I got flustered in the interview or I flubbed up or the people were weird or I mean, there are a list of things. How do you handle some past negative experiences in an interview and how do you build on those, use those for your next interview? Well, I think sometimes I'm kind of one of those people who believe if it didn't happen, it wasn't meant to be. I always, whatever experience, whether it's an interview experience or otherwise, think about what can I learn from that experience? What did they ask me that maybe I wasn't prepared for that I can prepare for the next time? What was good about that? What connections did I make? What people did I meet? What did I learn about the district or whatever? So I try to think of that. The other thing, Kim, that when you said past experiences, that makes me think of negative past experiences in districts. Like what oh, if yeah. I was just in a district and I was terminated or I was under investigation or maybe I just flat disagreed with the philosophy or the direction or the leadership or whatever. And that's often difficult. And, and a lot of times that's why we're looking for another job, right? Because we, wow. we want to leave that position because it was a negative experience. So 
I think about that to answer that question, which is a little bit different than the first question about negative experiences that I answered. But to answer that question, I think if it was very minor disagreements or just mild things that you didn't like about a place, I would not talk about them. I, I would always capitalize on the positive experiences that you had, the people that you admired, the great leaders from that district, what you learned from them, what you learned from the district, how you contributed to the district. Obviously, if it's great big things, there was an investigation or if you were terminated, you have to disclose that information, right? Because uh, they'll wonder why you didn't tell them. If, if they find out, they probably will find out. Putting the, the most positive spin on it that you can, being honest about generally what may have happened, but being as positive as you can about that, trying to understand multiple perspectives. Again, the leaders that you can speak to that were that you respected and that you understood how things went or whatever, focus what was good. I think an interview team is really going to listen for whether they know it or not. They're going to listen for your perspective and your attitude. So I think it's important to think about how your words, you're displaying a positive, can-do, future-focused, forward-thinking kind of attitude. Absolutely. What are some common mistakes people make in the interview process? What have you seen? Well, probably the biggest, to go back to what we first talked about, probably the biggest mistake is just lack of clarity. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing here, and I'm not sure why I want to work in this district or why I'm in educational leadership. So again, I go back to that constant daily reflection about your purpose and, and your, your mission and your vision. That's one of the biggest mistakes that I think I've seen. Another is just not being authentic or, you know, let me, let me say it in the positive way. Be sure to do these things. Smile, listen, be personable. They want to like you. People, we're, we're human beings and we, we want to connect and we want to like each other. And if we're going to select you to work with you, we, we want to work with people that we like. Think about those things. A really good technique is to use a pause. You know, when you talk, think about stopping every few sentences so that people can think about what you said. Obviously, I'm trying to model it right now. Um, instead of instead of just rambling on and on, but think about your answers, be thoughtful, be authentic, smile, and then stop, you know, then be quiet and let there be silence and let them sit on what you just said. You don't need to say everything. You just need to say what you want to say, those five points on your star, you need to say that well. Absolutely. And whether it's nerves or whether people just get caught up in the moment, we have a tendency to ramble. I've sat through many, many, many interviews where a question was asked and the person took over five minutes to answer. And that's a really long time. And I think it comes back to knowing what is what's the main point that you need to make and then being quiet i love your advice about that and then the nonverbal, the signals you're sending i'm so glad you said smile um i would add make eye contact you know you've got to look at people when you're talking to them but those nonverbals carry some really strong messages 
too, which leads me into my next question. Obviously, people are going to have some butterflies. I mean, some more than others. Um, So what tips do you have for handling some of the nerves and anxiety associated with an interview? Yeah, that's a good question. And thanks for saying that about eye contact, too. So important. And a lot of when you said that, it made me think of Zoom interviews because a lot of our initial interviews now are videotapes, right, or Zooms, and and they're not in person. So you have to work just a little bit harder to bring that energy into the room with eye contact and smiling and nodding and being present and all of that. So that's something to, to really think about. With those nerves, I think that is natural. When you are the interviewer, you know that people are nervous and that's okay. So sometimes I just, I say, just embrace it, just go with it. If you weren't nervous, you know, then you wouldn't be trying your best and you wouldn't be concerned and and really serious about what you're doing. And it is important and it is serious. So it's okay to be a little bit nervous. It's okay if your neck turns a little red or you shake a little bit or your mouth gets dry. Bring a bottle of water. That's okay. They understand that. So know what your areas are. Know what happens when you get nervous and and don't be nervous about that. <laughs> just Just kind of go with it and do your best. And I think when we practice obviously, the more prepared you are, the better you're going to be at articulating through those nerves. I had a boss one time that said to me, don't ever talk to people about something you don't know. (laughs) And I thought that was really great. Like if you're going to present or speak to a group of people or do a breakout session at a conference or, or have an interview, you're not going to present on something you don't know. You're going to present on something you know. So if you know your your purpose, if you know why you want to be in that district, you've researched the district, you've thought about it, you've thought about your why, then you know about what you're talking about. So practice and, and go with it and you'll be fine. Absolutely. And because you and I have sat on the other side of the table, we are sympathetic to people with their nerves. I've never sat there and thought, okay, I don't want to hear from this person because I can tell their hands shaking. Never, ever. We are looking for their heart. We want to know if they care about kids. We want to know what their skills are. And you're exactly right. Are you going to be a good fit for this position? So let us see you. Let us see your personality. And I, again, I agree with you. Just embrace the nerves. Be like, okay, I'm nervous because I'm, I'm really excited to be doing this. This is something I really, really want to do. There's a difference in that kind of anxiety and the anxiety that comes with you have not prepared. You're not ready and you're in there flying by the seat of your pants. And I say to people like that, you ought to be nervous. You ought to be. Right. And that's not, a, that's not the good kind of nervous. That's the... I didn't do what I needed to do. I think you're right, Kim. And I think the interviewer and the interview team can pick up on that. Oh, yes. And it doesn't mean that it's okay not to know certain answers. It's okay to say, I really don't have a lot of experience in that. But here's the experience I do have that's related to that or whatever. You know, always try to find those connections and, and be able to speak to it. But again, you don't have to know everything. You don't. And I like what you said about, well, I really, 
just to say, you know, I really haven't had much experience with that, but here's what I have been able to do. I mean, that's where you want to go with it. And again, be honest, don't make up stuff or don't try to pretend that you know that area if you really don't, because that'll come back to bite you big time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some final thoughts. We have some folks out there because, as you know, there are lots of openings in school districts at the administrator level. Some people may be thinking, you know, I, I'm thinking I might want to go for this. What final thoughts would you share? Well, there I do have a couple. And this may seem obvious, but knowing um, and being a part of some recent interview processes at higher levels, like assistant superintendents, executive directors, principals, I know that not everybody realizes this. So I think it bears repeating, even though it may sound simple. And one of it is about your resume. Your resume should not be a Word document. We're, we're beyond that, right? So find colleagues that have some good resumes, look at that formatting, look at how they have put that together. Obviously, it should be very clear. I still see resumes sometimes and I have no idea what you're interested in and I have no idea what your certifications are or your education. So it is just critical to have that basic information what you're applying for, what you're looking for, and then the basics about you and your references. I personally don't like to see references available on request. This is a resume. I want to know who can speak for you because a lot of times those interview teams know a lot of people in Missouri. And so you put a name down, you put Kim Cranston down, they're going to go, oh, wait, I know Kim. Uh, I can call her. So I would list some and then they can get more if they want that. But I, I would just be really, really clear on those resumes and be professional and be progressive. Don't, I'm not talking about flowery and bells and whistles. I'm talking about <laughs> professional resumes, but I have seen them on Word documents and, and don't do that. And the second one is obviously research the district that you're applying for. If, if it can be found on Google, then you shouldn't be asking that question to the interview team. Say that again, Patty. <laughs> Say that again. If you can Google it and find the answer, don't ask it. My adult children, it drives them nuts when I ask a question. They go, Patty, you can Google that. <laughs> oh, my gracious. You can check that out. So um, just do your research. And it seems elementary and we all kind of know that and we tell teacher candidates that. But too often we don't do that. And we come into interviews asking questions that really we could have found out that information. Your question should go a little bit deeper to the team about sort of what they're looking for specific to this job and how it relates to the strategic plan of the district or the mission of the district. So. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Okay. That should, I know people don't really cross stitch anymore, put things on bumper stickers. That should be <laughs> everywhere on social media. When I was in Rockwood, which is a very large district, one of the standard first questions was always tell us what you know about the district. And as soon as a person said, well, I know it's really big. I was always like, okay, <laughs> fine. Thank you. Next candidate. And there were numerous people who would say things like that. And I always thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there would be people who could talk to 
the mission and the strategic plan and understanding goals. And those are the kind of people that got my interest because they were researching more than just the demographics and they, they really did understand what we were talking about. So thank you for saying right. that. So the bumper sticker for interviews and for life, I guess, is if you can Google it, don't ask it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, love it, love it. So Patty, thank you so much for being here. Patty and Moaspa are valued partners. Moaspa, we work together on our spring conference and we collaborate on some other professional development and we appreciate that relationship. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to this edition of School Biz Chat. If you enjoyed this new episode, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic, especially if you have some friends who are thinking about doing some interviewing. Until our next time, take care. We'll be chatting. This has been School Biz Chat with Kim Cranston. New episodes are released on the second and fourth Fridays of each month. If you have topics you'd like to be covered in the future, send Kim an email at kcranston at moasbo.org.